0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church today. So glad that you're here today. Great to be in God's house, to be in God's presence. We pray every week that when we come together as church, we experience his presence in this place. That's my prayer. I hope it's your prayer. Because at the end of the day, we've come to meet with God. We've come to meet with him in our praise and in our worship. And all that we do is we take communion today, hopefully. Um, my prayer is that we encounter Christ in a fresh way as we take bread and wine and so just so that for those who are online today that you're aware we're doing communion today gives you a little chance to get ready uh, to get some things together for that but great to welcome everyone nice to see some people back in church who are here for the first time after nearly two years how crazy is that it's just can you believe we're saying these things have you ever had that conversation with somebody where you say, oh, that happened about two years ago and then you realise, oh, wait a minute, we've had two years of COVID nearly. So, so it must have been about four years ago. Um, it's quite bizarre, actually. And uh, it's, it's weird the way that it affects us all. It affects us in different ways. But, but we're, here, we're here in God's presence today to worship him. And I hope that that's our experience today. Psalm 48 verse 9 says this, We ponder your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. We ponder your steadfast love. And today I hope that as we come together, that we are impacted by the love of God in this place, that we sense it, that we feel it, that we lean into that, that we pray into that, and that we experience God's love and God's grace in our lives today. So let's stand. We're going to pray. If you're able to stand, stand with us as we begin to worship. And let's come into his presence today. Father, we thank you that we're here. We thank you that you're doing a new thing in us today. Father, we thank you for your grace for your mercy. We thank you for so many material blessings that that we've experienced even in the last uh, few days. Father, we thank you for the love of others in our lives. We, We thank you for your love in our lives. Father, we thank you for words which are spoken over us, which are there to build us up and to encourage us. Father, we thank you that you rejoice over us with singing. And Father, we pray that this morning we would hear your song as we worship you. Father, your song rejoicing over us. And Lord, we just come into your presence today. We ask that you would come and and meet with us today. Father, may there be a demonstration of your presence in this gathering today. Father, whether in the building here or, or those who are joining online, Father, we pray for just that demonstration of your presence. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. we Thank you, Jesus. Jesus for all you've done. Maybe you just want to take your seats as we transition into communion this morning. Do you know it was a a Thursday night almost 2,000 years ago and Jesus began a journey when he celebrated Passover with his disciples. And as he began this journey he knew that Judas would betray him Peter would deny him three times and all would desert him and they couldn't even stay awake with Jesus as he prayed in the garden in the olive grove John was probably the closest but there's no real evidence that John came out of the shadows to stand alongside Jesus until the moment he stood near the cross alongside Mary I was just thinking about the stages that Jesus went through in this journey the journey took him into Gethsemane where he prayed and he prayed, God if there's any way that this can be done differently please, please, please even at this last hour, please but he says nevertheless not my will but your will be done and so he travelled through Gethsemane, part of the journey the journey took him to a courtroom where he was falsely accused. The journey took him to a guard room where he was beaten. Through no fault of his own, he'd done nothing wrong. The journey took him to Golgotha where he carried a cross. And he carried that cross to the top of a hill. And there they nailed him to a cross. and as he looked out he said Father forgive them because they don't know what they're doing and they didn't know what they were doing they didn't know that the actual fact was that they were carrying out God's purposes all along they were carrying out God's purposes because it was God's will that he should do that the journey for Jesus went on as he travelled towards the grave and other people had to take him that part of the journey then we've been singing about it this morning. The journey brought him to a garden, a garden where Mary saw a man and she says, I'm looking for Jesus. And she didn't realize that she was speaking to the risen Christ, this great uncontested fact of history. At the point in time where it could have been contested, nobody contested it. Jesus is risen. That's what we've been singing about this morning. And that's what we remember today, is that Jesus is risen. Jesus is alive. He lives within us through his spirit. And I ask myself the question, why? Why did he do this? Why did he do this? I'll tell you why he did this. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 tells us why Jesus did this. It says who for the joy set before him endured the cross. For the joy set before him he saw something that other people couldn't see. A joy that was set before him and he endured that torture. He endured that suffering for us. Jesus saw a vision of the future and that vision of the future included people who to us have now went home to be with the Lord. Jesus saw a future that included those people. And for us, those people are now resigned to history for the moment, for the moment. He saw a vision of the future that included you, included I, here today. Jesus saw a vision of the future that's not even been written yet. And he invites us to be part of that future. He invites us today to do something that will take us into that future. And so as we take bread and wine this morning, let's remember the bread which symbolizes that broken body of Jesus, broken for us. And all of the the ways that he went through that journey and experienced physical and emotional pain, turmoil, he did that for us. And as we take the bread, let's remember that that is his body which was broken for us. Symbols that remind us of a body. As we take the wine, let's remember that the wine represents the blood of Jesus which was shed for us on that cross. Even before he got to that cross, his blood was shed. The Bible says that without bloodshed, there's no forgiveness, there's no atonement, there's no remission for sins. It's through the shedding of Jesus' blood that we can be forgiven. And we can experience that being at one with Jesus, with God. He has made the way possible for us to come back into fellowship with the living God. And so let's just pray as we take as we take first the bread. And I'm going to just encourage us to be ready to do that. And we'll take bread together. And then we'll pray again and then we'll take the wine together. And so let's be ready to take bread. Father, we thank you for this little symbol that we hold in our hands this wafer, this bread which reminds us of the body of Jesus which was broken for us Father we pray that you'd apply the healing which comes through Jesus to our lives whether it's emotional, physical or spiritual, Father we've come into your presence today because we recognise that you have achieved that salvation for us, you have achieved that healing for us and Isaiah said all those years before Around 2,700 years ago, he said that by his stripes we are healed. And Father, we pray help us to absorb the healing, your healing today, whether it's emotional, physical, or spiritual. Father, we pray that your healing would descend upon us as we take the bread together. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take bread together. we just remember the blood of Jesus which was shed for us. Father, we think of that moment before even he even got to the cross in the garden where it, he was sweating drops of blood due to the just the turmoil that was going on within him. Father, when he was being flogged and Father, your word says that by his stripes we're healed. Father, we we just we can't begin to grasp what it took Jesus just the I I can't even begin to explain it, Father. The endurance. Father, just what he endured for us. And Father, then to be on that cross. Father, that he shed his blood for us, that we might be forgiven, that we might be set free, that his very life's blood was poured out for us. And so, Father, we don't take that lightly today. And Father, we just we just pray, examine our hearts. And Lord, see it in our hearts today that we come before you today with sincerity of heart. Father, to just come into your presence and worship you in this way. And so, Father, as we take this wine, Father, we just pray that you'd apply the healing, the covering that comes from the blood of Jesus. In his name we ask. Amen. Let's just take wine together. Father, we just thank you for this communion celebration. Father, we remember that it didn't finish on a cross. It didn't finish in a grave. It didn't even finish in the garden when he was resurrected. But Father, that over those 40 days that he appeared to his disciples, that he taught them, that he shared with them, that he continued to perform miracles. And Father, we just thank you that there was a day where he stood on that hill and he ascended back into your very presence. And Father, we know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father today. He's seated at your right hand. He prays for us. He stands alongside us and he prays for us because he believes in us. And Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you believe in us enough to send your son to die for us. And Father, we just pray, help us to accept your forgiveness. Father, to accept your grace. Father, to accept your healing. Father, to accept your presence into the very core of our being. And Father, we just pray today, maybe there are some who have joined us online, maybe even people in here today who have never accepted Jesus as their Savior. They've never applied these truths to their lives. They've never invited you in. Father, I pray that today would be the day where where they pray that prayer and just surrender their lives to you and invite you into their lives. And just say, you're welcome into my life. Come and forgive me. Come and forgive me. Come and heal me. Come and make me whole. Come and give me hope, an eternal hope and a future. And so, Father, we just pray that you continue with us, Lord. Lead us as we go on into all that you have for us today. Father, all that you have for us in the rest of this day and for this week that will uh, lies ahead of us. Father, lead us into the things which you have for us, we ask. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you guys for helping to lead today. It's been excellent. Um, I don't know about you, I've just enjoyed being in church so far. I'm looking forward to sharing God's word and what I feel God has just placed on my heart today. Um, I do need to do this uh, whole track and trace thing, if you give me a second. For some reason it's opening up my Bible rather than my camera. Okay, okay, here we go. Uh, Say cheddar, let's just keep it simple today. Make sure I get everybody in thank you very much for that reminder that on monday at 9:30 we pray together on zoom if you're available to pray then it would be great if you were along at that monday mornings i'm i'm not always at, I'm, I'm not at a monday morning but the feedback i hear from monday mornings is just encouraging and it just excites me to hear the way people are praying uh, on a uh, wednesday evening at 7:30 we're praying again And uh, we continue to pray for each other, to pray for needs, to pray for the things that are unseen in the life of the church. So please join in on that. Do you know, I want to just stress again the importance of prayer. And we say it again, nothing of eternal value is accomplished without prayer. We need to pray. If we don't pray, God doesn't move. Somebody said that when I pray, coincidences happen. When I stop praying, coincidences stop happening. I can't remember who said that, but it's so true. Um, one of the things we're going to just add into the life of the church uh, is that on the 18th of March, it's a Friday evening, we have the opportunity to host um, a man called Clem Ferris. For those of you who've been on prayer uh, last year, we did some sessions with Clem Ferris. That was all video uh, material, but Clem uh, has the opportunity to be here with us in person. Clem is a prophet. Um, we know Clem through working alongside Ron and Kerry up in Stirling. Clem and Ray Stokes came and just prophesied over the church. And uh, so we've met Clem. We know that he's prophesied over Josh as well. And so I want to just encourage you to keep that date in your diary free 18th of March, Friday the 18th of March. The details will come out uh, just soon. We've only really just confirmed this this week. And that following uh, Sunday, so that was the Friday night on the Sunday. I want to just spend a bit of time talking about the vision of the church. I'm calling it Vision Sunday. And I've shared some of this stuff before into the life of the church, but I want to try and share a little bit of the strategy of where we think God is leading us. So it's not just about the vision, although I I think that's important, but some of the strategy behind that. So I want to encourage you to be here. I'm looking for a full turnout on the 20th of March for Vision Sunday. So I'm, I'm excited about what God is saying into the life of the church, and I'm excited about where we're going. Let me just pray before we come to God's word, and uh, I have one simple verse for you today. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for the way that we've been interacting with you today. And Lord, we just pray that you'd continue to make these truths sink in to the very depths of a being. And Lord, we pray for your word today. Lord, we pray that our hearts And our minds would be open to all that you want to say into our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I do have a, a presentation today. And the title of what I want to say is that we're on a journey. We're on a journey. You and I are on a journey. This church is on a journey. And I have one simple reference today. It's Genesis chapter 12, verse 9. And it said that Abram journeyed in stages. Abram journeyed in stages. And today's message, I hope, is a moment for us as a church just to pause and to reflect on where we are. Abram set out on a journey in faith and in obedience to the voice of God, not knowing where he was going to go. He just said, Go to the land that I'll show you. And he said, Okay, let's go. I don't think we could handle that. Abram was a traveler, he lived in a tent. And so maybe it was a bit easier for Abram to go on a journey. Right now, we're on a journey. Did you know that? Right now, we're on a journey through space at 67,000 miles an hour. We're on a journey. I was going to say, and I'd planned to say, we're on a journey out of winter, (laughs) but it doesn't feel like it today, does it? Over the last few days, it certainly doesn't feel like it. We're on a journey out of COVID-19. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that either. You're like, man, We're still getting phone calls, people who are struggling with COVID 19. But we are on a journey out of it. And I want to just sow some hope into your thinking today. These things don't last forever. Nothing lasts forever. Blessings don't last forever, and sometimes hard times come. And hard times don't last forever, and sometimes blessings come. Things are always changing. We're always on a journey. As we begin to read a book, We're beginning a journey. I've just started a new book. I'm beginning a journey of discovery. As we start to read the Bible in a year, I hope people are reading their Bibles. I encourage you to read through the Bible in a year. It's a great way to get into God's word and to allow God to speak to you. And that's what happened to me. And that's why I'm sharing what I'm sharing today. And I'll come to that. As we begin to pray, we're on a journey. Things change as we pray, but we're not always Aware of it. Because in a very real way, we can sometimes pray and we feel like nothing's happening. Does anybody else feel like that? When you're praying about things and you feel that nothing's happening, nothing's happening as a result of the things that we're praying. I don't know if anybody read the little ebook that I sent out. It was called The Universe in 57 Words. I don't know if anybody started reading that as a little free ebook that I emailed out to everyone and its author, Carolyn Ahrens, says about prayer, sometimes we can be praying, and we don't see the difference, and she uses a fantastic example. So, if you've not read the book, you're going to come across this bit. She says, it might help us to think of the Crab Nebula. It's out in space an exploding star in the constellation Taurus. If you peer at this supernova through a telescope, it looks like a colorful smudge. In fact, this is what it looks like. And she goes on to say, photographs taken from Earth of the Crab Nebula 15 years ago will look identical to the images taken today. But here's the thing. Every day... The Crab Nebula expands by 70 million miles. Powerful, explosive cosmic action is taking place all the time, but it's imperceptible from our perspective. Every day, it's expanding by 70 million miles, and we can't see it because of the distance that we are from it. How do they measure that, I wonder? It's incredible. And she's using this example to help us to grasp that sometimes we don't see the effect our prayer is having, but when we pray, we're releasing energy from our spirit, we're releasing words that are impacting the universe that we live in. We make a difference every time we pray. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? Most journeys we take with young kids are accompanied by a statement and a question the statement is i need to go isn't it the question is the question is are we nearly there yet i was hoped i would get a better response than that <laughs> i need to go i need to stop and are we nearly there yet? I remember as a kid, and this is a picture of us when we were kids, we used to go to a place called Thornhill on holiday. And the road in the background you see, that's the road from Thornhill to Calendar. And at that point in time, it would have been a 40-minute drive from where we stayed to the caravan in Thornhill. And now, I mean, that seemed to take ages for, for me. It's like, when are we ever going to get there? Are we nearly there yet? And now... Now I pass through Thornhill on the way to somewhere just to go on a trip for a day. Half a day. It's funny how our perceptions change. And I've lost count of the amount of journeys that I've walked, cycled, drove, trained, bused, sailed, or flew. Always on a journey. And I don't know about you, when I think about the journeys that we go on, I think about the journey of life that we go on. Sometimes this is how we perceive the journey is going to be. This is your plan, okay? You say, here I am, this is where I am now, that's where I'm going to get to, A, B, C, simple, 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 but actually the journey looks more like this. (laughs) The difference between what you plan and what you think and actual reality. And as you can see, there's a few people burning their bridges behind them as they go. All sorts of challenges that present us that that we are presented with in life as we're journeying. Challenges that are presented to us as individuals, but also presented to us as a church. And I'm speaking to the church today as well. And I want us to grasp today that as a church, we are on a journey. That's why I'm sharing what I'm sharing today. It's the the phrase that God placed in my heart Um, a while back that we're on a journey, and I knew that I would have to share this message at one point in time. We, as a church, are on a journey. I was sharing with our Treasure Kids team just a couple of weeks ago, vision is the history of the future. The things that we see in the future, are vision, are things of the future, but there will come a point in time if we keep progressing towards that vision, that vision will become a reality, and then it will be resigned to history. And every step we take on our journey of life is taking us into a vision, a vision of our future. And every step we take, every step we take is important. And there are many people in the Bible who took journeys. Right back in the book of Genesis, which is the seedbed of the Bible, so many things which are true and hold through all of Scripture are seeded in the book of Genesis. Many, many things. And it starts with people traveling. Abram is a classic example, and hence our verse for today. Abram journeyed by stages. Abram was a traveler. Abram lived in tents. And we will struggle to find a a picture that illustrates it, because it wasn't just Abram and his little family in his tent. There were hundreds of people that traveled with Abram. Hundreds of people. And so it's hard to get a picture that helps us to think about that. Abram journeyed by stages. And I think, why did he journey? Why did he go on this journey? The reality is that Abram heard God's voice and stepped out in faith. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now the Lord said to Abram, and Abram, remember, means exalted father, go go from your country and your kindred, all your people and your father's household to a land that I will show you. And so Abram stepped out in faith, to follow the word of the Lord. Do you know, I still ask myself the question, how did Abram hear? How did he know that it was God that was speaking to him? How did he know to move out in faith? But he did. The second question is how? And this might sound really strange to you, but it came to me as a revelation back in the 4th of January when I read this passage as part of my daily readings that Abram journeyed by stages. And you're like, Of course he did. How can that be a revelation? But you see, when God speaks to us and shows us things, it's for a reason. And for me, I don't know about for you, but for me, I needed to understand that the journey we're on will be done in stages. When we talk about the journey that we're on as individuals, it will happen in stages. When we talk about the journey we're on as a church, it will happen in stages. I don't know about you, I want everything to happen right now. I don't know if you remember that interpretation of the tongue which Beck gave last week. And I painted a picture in the interpretation of a dam. I was actually on my, my OS Maps app looking at the Loch Sloy Dam, which I remember being there as a youngster, and seeing the picture of the, the sides of the hill coming down and the dam there and the water behind it. and And just this idea as we as we thought about what God was saying to us last week, that there's no point in the dam being broken and everything happening at once. That's not how God works, and we couldn't handle it even if he did that. But it's about opening up the gate at the bottom of the dam and letting the, the, the blessing of God, the river of God flow in its time. Why doesn't everything happen at once? I think it's because we're not ready for it, But more importantly, it's because as we journey, God wants to develop character within us. Who loves character development? (laughs) Yeah? Character development comes most often when there are problems in life, where there are difficulties, where there are struggles, where we're falling out with somebody, where things aren't going right, and we go, I hate where I am just now on the journey. But that's the point where God is building character within us. Who loves character development? I hate character development. And even Abram, he didn't get there right away. And it holds true for each of us. The longer the journey, the more stages, the more stops. And even this morning, as I read Numbers 33, it's another example. The, the, the title of the the. the, the chapter that opened up to my reading today said, the stages of Israel's journey from Egypt. I was like, thank you, Lord. I think I'm on the right track today. The stages, and and they camped, and then they set out, and they camped, and then they set out, and then they camped. And if you read Numbers 33, it's all the places where they stopped and camped, and then they set out again. I'd actually thought, about maybe sharing some of Moses' travels, but I went back to look at Abraham today. They camped and set out over and over again. And as an individual, you are on a journey where you stop and you start and you stop and you start. As a church, we are also on a journey to see God's word come to pass over this church. The things which God has promised over this church, we are on a journey heading towards the fulfillment of those things which he has promised. And they might not happen in our lifetime. Some of them. Some of them may not happen in our lifetime, which is why we need to grasp the importance of passing what God is saying and doing on to the next generation, because they will have a responsibility to carry things that will go beyond our lifetime. I want us to just think briefly about the stages in Abram's journey. At 75 years old, he was called by God to set out in this journey. 75. Who's feeling too old today to serve Jesus? Who's feeling too old today to go on a journey for God? And all the young people stick their hands up. I'm only kidding. At 75 years old, he set out on his journey. This was at just beginning. It's incredible. What happened in the 75 years prior to that? Who knows? But here he is at 75 beginning this journey of faith with God it says as we read through it that there was a time where he stayed in egypt and then he and his nephew lot parted another significant part of the journey and then he had to go and rescue his nephew lot lot made some bad choices he saw the green grass on the other side of the fence and he thought i'm going to go there and there ended them in trouble and abram had to go and rescue him abram received the covenant promise of god but then Abram broke faith with God and bore a son called Ishmael. He was 86 years old. We're already down the line in Abram's journey. And at 86, he had a son through Sarah's servant Hagar and they named him Ishmael. And Ishmael became a problem for Sarah and ultimately for Abram. If something's a problem for our wives, guys, it becomes her problem, doesn't it? Sorry, I couldn't resist that And this is the great temptation for individuals and for churches, is that while we wait on God fulfilling His promises, and by the way, God's not in a hurry. God's never in a hurry. We take matters into our own hands and we create something that God never intended. And it's what can happen when the changes we're waiting on are not perceptible to us. God when are you going to fulfill your word? God, when are you going to do what you've promised you, you were going to do? And the word I want to just say into that is, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Again, he received the covenant a covenant promise from God. He was now aged 90 years old. And God changed his name from Abram, exalted father, to Abraham, father of a multitude and many people, I'm sure, will have sung the song. Father Abraham had many sons. Who sung that at school? <laughs> uh, age 90. Age 90, God gives him the promise. Then there was the whole affair with his nephew, again with Sodom and Gomorrah, and this king called Abimelech, king of Gerar, who said to Abraham, after Abraham had uh, rescued the people, he says, you take the goods Just give me the people. Abraham had an opportunity to get wealthy. You give me the people and I'll give you the goods. Abraham said, you're not going to prosper me. I'm taking the people. You take the goods because people are more important than the goods. And then there was the birth of the son of promise, Isaac. Abraham is now 100 years old. (laughs) Wow, 100 years old. And he's having a son. And there was also the time of great testing when he was told to sacrifice this only son, the son of promise. And some seemingly random and cruel request from God foreshadowed something that we've just been celebrating this, mor- this morning, that Jesus was God's son sacrificed for us that our sins might be atoned for, that they might be forgiven, that we might be Restored to a relationship with God. In Genesis, this seedbed of the Bible, this is a little seed that's sown that takes us all the way through the Bible to the cross. It's called typology. Something happens in type form in Genesis that finds its antitype, its fulfillment in the New Testament, finds its fulfillment in Christ. And a lot of the truth that's in the Bible is sown in this book and grows through time. And the story goes on. We're not finished there. Sarah died at 120 years old. And then he sought a wife for his son Isaac. He's now old and well advanced in years. And then, and then, Abraham remarried. Have we forgotten that bit? He remarried a, a woman called Keturah. And he had another six children to Keturah. His journey wasn't finished yet. I'm like, this guy's, this guy's crazy. <laughs> Here he is at this age, and he's marrying another woman and having more kids. I'm like, eh, just bring it on, bring life on. He's saying, man, what a guy. And then finally, 175 years old, 100 years later, Abraham ended this part of his journey. There'll come a time when we will see Abraham. We'll go, you're that crazy guy. <laughs> Why did you do it? His life, like hers, full of stages, full of starts, full of stops, full of restarts. And his life, those 100 years, are summed up in 14 chapters of a book called Genesis. 100 years worth of life summed up in 14 chapters. I wonder how many chapters it would take to sum up our lives you know folks we're on a journey today we are on a journey as Abraham journeyed as he came to troubles as he came to times of testing as he came to times of temptation so we will come to troubles we'll come to times of testing we'll come to times of temptation I think that's why Jesus prayed uh, showed us how to pray that prayer that we don't come into times of trial, that we don't come into times of testing and of temptation, but the reality for us is that we're on a journey, and we will experience these things as well. Things are changing in you and changing in me all the time. Things are changing around us all the time. As a church, we're on a journey, and things are changing in the church all the time. Church life never stays static, never stays the same. Regardless of what it looks like on the surface, there's always things happening underneath that are bringing change. Society is on a journey of change too. The society that we live in is on a journey of change. We switch on our televisions, we watch the news, we read the newspaper, and we realize that things are changing all around us. Culture is on a journey of change all around us, and often we're unaware of the changes that are happening in our culture. And then there are little moments where we wake up and we go, how did that happen? How did that law get passed? Where did that come from? And what's happening is that underneath, there are things working away and changing all the time and culture forces that are at work. What does Hebrews 6.12 tell us? That we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but that there are spiritual forces that we wrestle against that are at work under the surface of our culture and our society all the time. And that's where we need to begin to see what God is doing and what he wants to do. In a time of great opposition for King David and for Israel. People were joining themselves to David at that time so that the kingdom of Israel could be restored. And it said about the men of Issachar that they understood the times and they knew what Israel should do. They understood the times and they knew what Israel should do. They, they saw what was happening around about them. They saw the changes in society. They saw the changes in culture. They, they said, this is what's happening here they've got wisdom and understanding, but they also know what to do. It's all good and well saying this is what's happening in society, but this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do as a church. And so we need to keep watching. We need to keep praying, and we need to keep doing what the Lord directs us to do. You need to watch and pray. And once you hear what God is saying, you need to do. You need to put it into practice. Each of us on our own journey through life, part of this church and part of the journey of this church, part of the family of God, part of the the body of Christ, and we too are on a journey. And the challenge for each of us is to hear what God is saying to us, just like Abram, to make sure that it's God that's speaking and not us making it up. Because it's quite easy to say, Hi, God said to me to do X, Y, and Z, and you go, I've said that before, haven't I? But God says to people, go and do such and such, and you go, really? I, I, I just don't get it. I'm not feeling it. If God's telling you to do something, you'll know clearly that it's him, because he will confirm it in lots of different ways. Where is your life heading today? What journey are, on you, are you on today? Abraham died 175 years old, but that wasn't the end of his journey. There was an eternity that lay ahead of him. For each of us, we're on a journey, and there's an eternity that lies ahead of us. It's either an eternity with God or an eternity separated from God, separated from his love, from his blessings and everything good. (sighs) What a thought, eh? There's an eternity that lies ahead of each one of us. And we decide each day how we're going to journey, what direction we're going to journey in. And when we accept Jesus into our lives, then we are saying that I'm journeying towards an eternity with God. If we do not accept Jesus into our lives, then we're saying I want to progress and journey towards an eternity without God. That's what the Bible tells us. I pray today that we make that decision to pursue an eternity with God. I just wonder if we could bow our heads, close our eyes. I just want to encourage us this morning to keep looking in faith to God. Keep looking in faith to God. The alternative is to look down at your toes. Directionless not knowing where you're going. Whereas if you look to him in faith, he will lead you. Keep holding on to the promises of God. The alternative is to forget God and to take a path that leads us down the wrong road, ultimately into sin, ultimately into disobeying God. I want to encourage you this morning to keep journeying with God. Keep journeying with God. The alternative is to settle for less than his best for you. Keep eternity in mind. Keep eternity in mind. There will come a moment for each one of us where the, the earthly journey, the physical journey will end. And some of our modern day scientists have said that that's the moment where the lights go out, where the plugs pulled out, where the computer gets switched off. But actually, that's the moment where the light truly comes on. And we have an eternal hope. We've celebrated that this morning through communion. We thought of the journey that Jesus went on through his sufferings, ultimately to a cross where he died for our sin, ultimately to be raised to life again, and ultimately to be seated at God's right hand where he prays for us. He prays for you. He prays for me. And he invites us into a journey with him, a journey that starts when we come to the cross and where we surrender our lives to him. And we say, come into my life, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to live my life the way that you want me to. And to experience your presence in my life day in and day out. And that's a simple prayer. And if if you've never prayed that prayer before, I invite you to pray that prayer today. To invite Jesus into your life. To just come before him and confess your shortcomings to him. And just to accept him into your life as Lord and Savior. And Father, we just give ourselves to you today. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence amongst us. We thank you for each other. We thank you for your plans and purposes for our lives, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. And Father, we pray, help us to step into the plans which you have for us. Lord, sometimes we don't count our minutes. But, Father, your word says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Father, help us to to be conscious every day about the steps that we're taking and help us to walk into the journey that you have for us, to walk in obedience to you, to follow you, to listen to you, and, Father, ultimately to find ways to serve you and to glorify your name. And so, Father, we just pray, come and help us today. Lord, as we go into a week, and, Lord, we don't know the challenges that will face us this week, Father, some of us might find ourselves in a valley this week where we didn't expect. Some of us might experience a physical illness or or an emotional, mental uh, time where we feel unsettled, where we maybe feel depressed. Father, some of us might experience, oh, oh Lord, there are so many things that we can pray here, the stresses and strains that lie ahead of us in a week. Lord, we pray today for your peace to come upon us. Father, that we might Cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us. Lord, that we may experience that peace which surpasses all understanding. May it guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Father, we commit ourselves to this journey. We commit ourselves to you. We commit ourselves to each other today. And Lord, we pray that you would take us forward in the blessing which you have spoken over our lives, in the promises which you have spoken over our lives, and the promises which you have spoken over this church. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Do you know, I want to encourage you, if you've never responded to that prayer, to the invitation for salvation, then today I ask that you do that. Come and speak to us. We'll pray with you and help you on that journey. Meanwhile, the Lord bless you and have a fantastic week. Amen.